Welcome to A Writer in Italy, the podcast. I am your host, Michelle Johnston, and this is a little share in the world of travel, books, art, and lifestyle. I live in Australia, yet have long had an attraction to the Mediterranean countries for as long as I can remember. This inspiration has fueled my creative life and given me incredible joy over the years as an artist and a writer. And that is why I have created these shares on journeys that have been made, books that I have loved, and cooking adventures inspired by wonderful food writers. You can find all show notes at michellejohnston.life and follow me on Instagram at a writer in Italy where you can find all of the meanderings and indeed the lure of Italy as the ultimate muse. Thank you for joining me. I love having you here for the journey of Muse Italia. Welcome. Today I have a special guest, Luca Spaghetti. The one and only Luca Spaghetti. I do feel a touch of good fortune to get to talk to Luca. I loved his books very much for their heartwarming and sincere tales of meeting the writer Elizabeth Gilbert and becoming a character in the film, the phenomenon, he called it, that was Eat, Pray, Love. His genuine friendship is real and has lots of magic too. Luca is a natural born storyteller and a borna forchetta, a good eater. We talk about what happened 20 years ago in Rome and how his fate was sealed. Thank you, Luca, for this grand and special conversation. And if you haven't already read his two books, they are Eat, Pray, Love in Rome and Anything is Possible. Enjoy. Luca. It's incredible to talk to you and a little extraordinary of the timing for us to have our conversation. 20 years ago, your friend Pat from New York sent an email about a certain friend of his that would be living in your city, Rome, for about three months. This email would turn out to be a pivotal moment in your life, unbeknownst to you, and perhaps for anyone else who has enjoyed the best-selling memoir, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. You have since written two books that I thoroughly enjoyed, Eat, Pray, Love in Rome, and Anything is Possible, a great title. Can we start at the moment in your life and chapter 15, Letter in the Mail, where you describe yourself as a little sceptical of this person who was an American intellectual and writer, probably a tea-drinking vegetarian type, who might prefer reading poetry rather than sipping a cold beer, at one of your favourite trattorias in your usual Roman neighbourhood that you had promised your friend from New Jersey you would make some time for. I would love to hear your story about this moment and how this experience changed your life. Ciao, Michelle. Thank you. I'm so happy to, to speak with you. And uh, yes, I had this chance uh, 20 years ago. I'm more than sceptical, I was really terrified about it because uh, I just came back from New York in summer of 2003 and my friend Pat told me, emailed me um, and he wrote that uh, a colleague of university, uh, 
of this university was coming to Rome for three months and uh, that she, she will get in touch with me. She did it and um, Pat told me that she was a writer and this terrified me because I imagined that a writer was boring and dull, vegetarian and uh, I had a, a simple life with my friends. Um, I went to the stadium every Sunday, I played guitar with them, I had barbecues and uh, I thought she was uh, a very boring person. So at the time I forgot that uh, Pat told me that Liz uh, was coming to Rome. But in the middle of September she emailed me and she asked me to, to, to see them, to see her, to meet her. And uh, I was shocked at the time because uh, I couldn't resist for her. I imagined that I couldn't resist for three months with a, a, a boring writer. So uh, my plan was, okay, I will meet you, I'll see you for one dinner and I will bring you to eat in a traditional restaurant, something disgusting, like tripe or not disgusting to me, but disgusting for, uh, I know, for the American people. And uh, so she will never uh, talk to me anymore. But I, I did what I have to do to to to, to bring her uh, just for out just for one night, and I did it, and uh, she su surprised me uh, since the the, the first the first time the first moment because she was comfortable uh, with me. She was smiling. She she used an easy English to speak to me to make me relaxed. And uh, we had a beer uh, before going out to dinner. And then we went in this traditional restaurant in Trastevere, a very crowded uh, restaurant. And um, I remember I ordered uh, penne alla rabbiata, that is a pasta with uh, spicy tomato sauce. And then I, I ordered uh, the oxtail, la coda la vaccinara, and uh, she ordered the, the coda la vaccinara too. And uh, she surprised me because uh, when I started to eat coda la vaccinara with my hands, she did the same. And uh, I think in that moment we befriended. The table, over the table. That's brilliant. <laughs> that was a good sign, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good sign. And then uh, after that moment, we, uh, we see each other all, every week, every week until Christmas. And our... Uh, relationship involved and grew, grew up in, uh, in a spectacular way because she was brilliant and she started to explain me her, her project, her journey. Uh, she was in Rome for three months and then she, she had planned to go to India for three months and then to Bali for three months, for other four months. And uh, that was her plan to write a sort of biography. And, uh, and she did it. And uh, after three years, April of came up. Yeah, it was quite quick. So 2003, you met. Mm -hmm. And I think 2006, I, the book. Yes, after three years that she finished, she finished her, her journey. But I couldn't imagine uh, a, a, a really biography. I couldn't imagine I... I could finish in, in, in a book, in a phenomenon. 
<laughs> a special book when when she she was uh, in New York in 2005. She sent me the, the draft of uh, April Love and uh, the right moment when I when I read my name into a book, I was completely shocked. I started to walk into my room for 10 minutes, <laughs> looking in the air in the space. And uh, uh, after that, I started to uh, uh, think about how to 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 manage our, this situation because Liz in her public events uh, started to to tell me that people didn't think I could exist because they could they they, they thought I was a creation of Liz because it, it, they thought it was impossible that a writer who loves food comes to Rome and meets Luca Spaghetti and goes to eat with him. So uh, the, all the questions in April of, uh, at her public events about the, the Roman part was, does he really exist or is a commercial or uh, <laughs> is a creation of, of Litz? And then uh, made me really have fun. And, and I started to think how to manage all, all the situations. Yeah, it is big. It's really big. And it's kind of a one step at a time thing because it just continued to have a ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. A triple effect because uh, there was uh, the, the real life, the, the, the real moments we spent together. And then she there was what she wrote in her book that was not so different, but of course it was uh, uh, real, but um, wrote with uh, in, in a different way about with what we lived. And uh, but we, we had a very special time in, in that moment because I discovered uh, that she wasn't boring. Uh, she came with me to see a Lazio game at the stadium. Uh, we went. Uh, we spent a lot of kilometers on my scooters and. Uh, the moment when she had, had to leave Christmas to, to go back to New York before uh, go to, to the ashram in India, I was completely destroyed because uh, I thought uh, I would never see her anymore because uh, I thought the Americans are very used to, to move to the other coast to, to leave the house uh, when they are 15, not, not like uh, us Romans that we live with uh, our parents until we are 50. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so instead, she, when she was in the ashram in India, she started to send me uh, letters, real letters, not emails, but letters, paper, paper made. So we, we, we stayed in touch uh, since the, 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 the first moment she, she came back to, to New York and she, she went to, to India. No, I remember that um, when she explained me her plan uh, of the prelude, she thought that uh, Italy was the, in, in the American imagination, the best place to eat. Uh, the India was the best place to meditate, and the Bali was the pe- best place to to find love. So, but uh, we are we are Italian are not so, I think. Uh, um, it's different for us because we are used to it every day, like Italians. <laughs> we have uh, the St. Peter's here, so 
the ashram is a, a, a different a different matter and we have a lot of uh, wonderful seas like Sardinia, Sicily and so the Bali is different for us because I think it's more important for the Americans than for for Romans or Italians. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I really enjoyed your books and how you write so eloquently mm. of your friendship and the things that would start to happen in your life. And I really wondered about you becoming a writer, and I know you explain the whole story, mm. particularly in your second book, Anything is Possible. You get right into the nub of the decision to become a writer and to write a book. Can you talk to that experience and your writing journey and what made you write a book? Well, I, uh, honestly, I, I don't feel myself uh, as a writer because in real life, in my real life, I'm an accountant. So I became a writer occasionally. And um, I think it started when I was 20. Um, and I, uh, I used to write uh, a sort of newsletter after the soccer game, games with my friends every week. And it was really appreciated, but it, it was just one page. So when Imperial Love became a phenomenon in 2006, uh, I thought, okay, I have this fantastic last name. I live in the most beautiful city in the world. I'm a character in a phenomenon. And uh, I can try maybe to describe the Imperial Love phenomenon seen through my eyes, what happened uh, when this was in Rome, what happened to me when all the people started to search me on Facebook, uh, when they discovered that I really exist. So I tried to, to write and uh, uh, I noticed that it came easy to me. Uh, and because I'm not a professionist and uh, I feel still today, I feel just a beginner, I imposed to myself to be a soldier. So, <laughs> I wrote, uh, I imposed myself to, to write 500 words every day. And I did it. I started to work, uh, to write uh, very early in the morning before opening my office to, to the public, to the clients. And uh, one hour after I closed my, my office. Uh, so, and I did it. I did it. And um, it was fascinating and very, I was really emotional to to write because um, when you start to write, all your mind and your heart is open to to catch every emotion, every word that you can take and uh, uh, and use in your book. So, a soldier. <laughs> this is my style to write. But I saw that it came easy, and uh, uh, I know that I could write for in, in an easy way. Uh, for all the people who, uh, 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 who need to an easy book to, to read. The second book uh, is about uh, all the, the misadventures uh, of, a, of an accountant who tried to become the writer uh, of um, all the, 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 the speeches with the, the publishers and all the comments of the people, all the emotions in writing and uh, and that's all, the continuing story of Ipril of in Rome. Yeah, it's a fun story. It's a really lovely story, actually. And Thank you. 
You're welcome. I would love to touch base if you're happy to about how you reacted to seeing yourself on screen as a character and just to take note of how you were portrayed physically and how you reacted to that. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was shocked because uh, I I know that uh, all the, the real characters in the, in the movie became better than in the book, more beautiful. Liz became Julia Roberts and uh, Joseph became Javier Bardem. Giovanni uh, became um, Luca Argentero, is a very beautiful Italian man. I was sure that I, with my last name, the producer needed someone funny or fat to balance all the all the, the other beautiful characters. But that what it wasn't a problem to me because uh, I had the solidarity of uh, all the people. The problem to me that when we went on the stage and everyone meet uh, his herself or his himself in the the new himself. Julia Roberts and Javier Bardem, I met myself and uh, I met Giuseppe Gandini, that was a bold and a fat actor, <laughs> not, not like me. And uh, the, the, the worst thing was that he was a Roma fan in the movie because oh, yeah. he, he came uh, to, to see me smiling with a red and yellow scarf uh, over his shoulder. That is a, a Roma scarf when I am a, a, a keen Lazio fan. Yes. So I told the producer, uh, excuse me, I think I need a lawyer because it's not a problem to me to become bold and fat, but I will never be a, a Roma fan. <laughs> so they started to laugh, but they, they understood my, my drama. So Giuseppe Gandini, myself in the movie, uh, remained bold and fat and very funny man. We, we befriended, we, we have dinner sometimes together. But uh, it turned it turned to be uh, a Lazio fan, so he was desperate when uh, in in, the, in a movie scene uh, there's a game in in, in TV and uh, the Roma scores a goal and he was desperate. They... Good service, Giuseppe. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a funny story when you read that when I read yeah. that in your book because I knew how important soccer, football, and this Lazio team was to you. Like you grew up with this jersey as um, massively symbolic of who you are in in your city. And so when I read that, that must have been a heartbreaking moment and very scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> terrifying, yes. And so did they switch that around really fast? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Did they switch that the jersey and the scarf around really fast? I mean, how long did it take for them to get the gist of the importance of this particular part of the costume? Uh, they they turned the the, the the jersey and the scarf in in a few moments because uh, sorry, I understood my my drama. But it's a very important matter here in Rome, uh, the, the derby and. We are enemies, even if uh, a lot of friends are, are Roma fans. 
but uh, it's better if uh, during the derby we don't see each other. <laughs> My best friend, uh, he had a, he has a, a mixed marriage, so his wife is a Roma fan and is a Lazio fan, and when there's a derby. He comes to my house for a couple of days and <laughs> it depends also about the results, who wins. Uh, so only at the time we, we can understand how, how many days he remains at my house. That is very funny. So uh, to keep the marriage intact, he must stay at your house for, you know, a few nights. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So you are a lover of many things. As we talked about the Lazio soccer team, the city of New York, yeah. American music, yeah. and good cooking. Yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Gilbert described you as una buona, I'm not pronouncing that very well, una buona forchetta. <laughs> Brava, una buona forchetta, good fork. <laughs> yes, in other words, a good she, eater. She is, a, she is a good fork, una buona forchetta. I couldn't imagine. Uh, yes, I, I eat everything, everything, uh, except the the, parmi, the Parmesan cheese or the pecorino cheese over the tomato sauce. Separated, I eat it the pecorino cheese and uh, in pieces or Parmesan cheese in uh, in pieces, but not over the the the, the tomato sauce. This, this is the only thing because I think uh, as a taste that cover covers the the tomato sauce and I, and I don't like except for it I, I eat everything alive moving <laughs> bugs I, I I have no fear and uh, it's too it's it's uh, almost everything so I love good food I love traditional Roman food and uh, I think it's a, a great pleasure one of the best pleasures in, in life and uh, not just for the taste for the mouths but for the soul, because it's, uh, I think, it's an intimate matter to share food with friends or discover new food with friends, uh, meeting friends because of the food. And this was what happened with, with Liz. Yes. And how important is cooking to you? Are you a happy cook? Yeah, I'm happy. Uh, it relaxes me. Maybe I, later I can write you a part about the book about the food, about the payata. Okay, but yes, I'm, I like to cook. Uh, I'm not a great cook, but uh, I, I like to try to uh, experience. And uh, I love to, to cook carbonara. And uh, I love to cook for my daughter because uh, she, she is a, a buona forchetta too, <laughs> a good eater. A good fork. A good fork. That's beautiful. How old is your daughter? Eleven. Oh, wow. Wow. October the 2nd. Oh, soon. Next week. Yes. Eleven. Wow. This Monday. Mm. Mm. Yes, we have a birthday. Pardon? She's a, say that again. She's a good fork. A buona forchetta. Ah, she's (laughs) been trained well. And is that... Something that you just grew up with at your table, was your mom and dad always like enjoying different cuisines or were you just naturally really adventurous? Uh, I remember my mother didn't love to cook, but uh, we had on the table usually pasta in the many different ways. Like every Italian, we, we eat a lot of pasta. Arrabbiata, carbonara, amatriciana, bolognese, 
uh, with ragu. And uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, we, we had always pasta on the table. Yeah, I love pasta. So I was wondering if you would like to read a piece of your book. Yes, I can read you a, a couple of pieces. Okay? Yes. Yes. Oh, I start with this part, the, the first part. My grandmother always used to tell me, your last name is going to bring you luck. When people meet you, it makes them happy and a little bit hungry too. Of course, I never believed her. I didn't understand what she meant. Every time she said it, I just thought she was making fun of me like everyone else. We were in Italy, in Rome. He must have been 1978 or so, and I was a child. A child whose mind was just beginning to register what he meant to have my last name, Spaghetti. It was an enormous bargain to place on the fragile shoulders of a seven-year-old boy. This was the introduction. So I would love to, to read the, the part of a letter in the mail, if you agree. Please. It was the beginning of September 2003, and I just returned to Italy from the United States. I still felt an aching homesickness from my home away from home, for the time I had spent there with my old friends. And just then, I received an email from Patrick, an email that would change my life. It ran more or less like this. An old college friend of mine is moving to Rome for three months. Take her to the stadium. She might turn out to be a Lazio fan. I gave her your email address. She'll get in touch with you. She's a writer. Her name is Elizabeth Gilbert. And here I was terrified. <laughs> oh, I and love so, it. <laughs> I would love to read the, the last part, if you agree, about the, the payata, the food, the traditional Roman food. Are you okay? Yes. This was, this part was before Liz uh, was uh, going to, to, before leaving to, leaving Rome and going to, to India, to one of our last dinner. By now, Liz was able to navigate with remarkable skill through the sea of Roman culinary lore. Still, there was one last exam she had to take before receiving the certification of Roman quality, before she could be given the key to the city's kitchen. Payata. Payata is the name in Roman dialect for the small intestine of a milk-fed bill calf processed by the skilled hands of the butcher Count Sargent, who reduces into sections between four and eight inches in length. Then he ties them with a string. They are then served with a sauté of chopped herbs and cooked at considerable length with wine and tomato until a dense and exquisite sauce forms ready to be spooned onto a steaming dish of rigatoni. Every Roman adores payata, and even more than the payata itself, every Roman loves watching the face of his guest in the awful moment when they realize the uncomfortable truths about what they are eating. It was as we were beginning to steaming bowls of rigatoni with payata that I expressed to Liz my worries about her nutritional well-being in the ashram. Liz, are you sure you're going to be able to survive this experience in India? Don't worry, Luca. I've built up plenty of reserves here in Italy, and I can't imagine restricting my intake of food will really hurt me. That makes sense, Liz. Still, you love food. Well, to be honest, I had no idea what it'll be like. Of course, a diet of vegetables and water would be a challenge, but I can do it for a while. Okay, 
But just remember this, even if they put you on a vegetarian diet, you can always eat payata. But Luca, isn't payata meat? No, it's, it's shit. <laughs> the interminable seconds of terror that petrify the gaze of the person who receives that illuminating answer are a priceless spectacle. Still, Litz didn't seem too upset. Truth is, when eating in Italy, she didn't seem very worried about technical details. If she liked something, and she liked practically everything, she ate it with gusto. The same thing went for payata. Yay, thank you. That was a joy. <laughs> uh, so do you think you have any more books in you? I, I have planned about two books because um, one is about a friend of mine who was the Lazio captain. Uh, his name is Christian Ledesma and he is a, a player who came from Patagonia, from Argentina and played for Lazio. Now he quits, but he played for Lazio for 10 years and we became friends and uh, we are writing his biography together. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's um, not usual that a player plays with a, a soccer team for more than three or four years because it's very uh, funny that um, a player came from Patagonia became a Lazio captain and, and a representative player for so many years. So he has a beautiful story about his family, about his country, his, uh, about the Patagonia. And this is uh, one of the books. The second books I have in mind is um, a novel uh, yeah, about the Dolomites, about uh, a hut, a refuge in a uh, in the Dolomites, a love story, and uh, and that's all. I have just to find the time. I have to to become a soldier again. <laughs> and uh, the moment in when I can find the time, uh, quit for some weeks my my real job, uh, I will start to write again. That sounds great. That sounds wonderful. You know, I thought you might say a cookbook. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I do <laughs> feel that you have I mean, a cookbook. <laughs> a Roman recipes uh, cookbook. Yeah, why not? Why, why not? not? We can try. I, uh, we can I, write it together. I, okay, then. <laughs> I'll have I to come and live in Rome. Taste and I write. <laughs> Perfect. 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 Uh, thank you for your time today. It's been a treasure thank and you, a sir. treat. Thank you.
Thank you.